0: That's enough. I got two generations of blessings. Oh. Wow. Okay. I'm going to try to get through this here. <laughs> yes, only one. Only need one. You have two. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Love you too. Gosh. I almost asked for prayer again. Uh And he would have sat here and prayed for me. I know it. You know, we had his beautiful daughter upstairs who's believing Jesus for her eyes, and her eyes are now almost 100% healed. Imagine at 11 years old when your eyes get healed. What does that do to you for the rest of your life? Can you talk her out of Jesus wanting to heal? Can you talk her out of God wanting to touch people? Can you talk her out of God wanting to use her? No way. That's the goal. The goal is that God would hook you so, so incredibly on his love that you would have faith that could move mountains. That one didn't get a clap. That one should have gotten a clap. How many? Of, how many of you have never heard me before? Really, raise your hands high, wave them at me. If you've never heard me before, oh my gosh! How many of you are frightened right now? Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, the pastor was okay with me, and the, and then the pastor was okay with me. So you guys better be okay with me. Sometimes we just look at a package and we're like, hmm. I mean, this right here will, this will, this will speak to people. It it will, it's the craziest thing, it's, you don't understand, just, I catch fish with this. (laughs) This is a fishing lure, you guys don't, how many of you are fishermen? You know what a fishing lure is? The fish just think it's pretty and tasty, so they chomp on that thing. Well, that's what happens with my life. You've got all kinds of people that are like, huh, what, I get on a plane, they're like, oh, that guy must be a musician. Oh, he must be. And then sometimes I bring my, I, I bring my guitar with me. I haven't for a little while, but sometimes I bring it, and they're like, oh, yeah, defi- definitely. I wonder what band that guy's in. So it's funny. I'll sit down beside people that are, you know, there's a lot of people that use drugs. You know, none of you ever did in here, but people do. They do. I used them for a long time. They used me, actually. But I'll be on the plane sitting beside somebody that's really high. And I'll sit down they're like, bro, <laughs> it's the greatest thing. You, oh, I love your hair, man. That is so cool. What band do you play in? Oh, man, I used to play in a band because I used to be a singer, you know, in a band. And it was not for the Lord. It was absolutely horrible. That twisted, I was in a very loud, hard rock band that were trying to get signed. And my music was all about hate and destruction and loss and it was all world stuff. And so I tell them, you know, I used to be in a band. Oh wow, what band? You wouldn't have heard of it. I actually have it on my phone. Depending, I'll, I'll be like, oh, here, listen to this. They're like, oh my gosh, that's really good. And I'm dropping the F-bomb and all that bad stuff because that's who I was. And then I get, to, I get to talk to them about the reality of who I am now and what God did. And once I bring the J-bomb in there instead of the F-bomb, <laughs> I'm not kidding. When I bring Jesus inside of the conversation, the conversation that started out with, oh, bro, that's amazing. They're like, you're kidding, right? Oh, no. And then I just go and share the gospel, and share the reality of a life that's been transformed. Because the gospel is for transformation. Any grace that doesn't lead to transformation is corrupt. Grace... Grace demands change, grace leads to transformation, grace is the transformational tool that God gave us to transform us from what we were into what he's created us to be. But we have to understand what grace is, because grace isn't a license to sin, I know you guys know that, but people have taken grace and perverted it and made grace a license to do whatever they wanna do, and that's just not grace at all. Grace and truth came through Jesus. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. And honestly, grace empowers us to walk out what truth calls us to. And truth calls us to a lot higher than just going to a building on Sunday. Now, I am all for the building on Sunday because we're not supposed to forsake the assembling together of the saints as we see that day approaching. Like, so as we all see it's coming, Jesus is returning. Like, there's a... No-brainer, Jesus is coming back. When? None of us know. The signs of the times? It's closer than we were yesterday. Are you with me? I'm talking like 40 minutes away from my house. There was a mall, an outdoor shooting yesterday in Texas where a gunman went in, fully garbed out and killed nine people and shot, I think, seven more, like 15 or 16 people, right by my place where I live. I mean, it's not getting brighter outside. People are getting more brazen. The devil's getting he is stepping up the attack. He is increasing the, the reality of darkness on the earth. Darkness and deep darkness is covering the earth. Would we not say that America is in a is in a dilemma right now? Would you believe that our country is under siege? Would you believe that it's actually under attack right now? From within. It's not attack from other countries. I mean, that used to be the thing where we would say, oh my gosh, Russia, oh my gosh, China, oh my gosh, all these things. And even though those things are happening, there is stuff that's happening inside that's way bigger than stuff coming from outside. Are you with me? And there is stuff that's happening in the church that's way bigger than people coming against us from outside. It's actually happening from within. So we're not supposed to forsake the assembling together. It doesn't say don't forsake the assembling together of the sinners. It says don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. There is something to that word that is so primary in the Christian life that if we don't make it the absolute primary goal in life to understand that, we will think the way that we used to think before we got saved. The pastors, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, the fivefold ministry are for the equipping of the... That's almost like blasphemy to a lot of the church when you say that, because we've been taught, let's say, Catholicism, because I have the feeling that a lot of people in here at one time were Catholic. Does that make sense? you have Catholic in your family line? Does anybody have that anywhere around them? Wave your hand at me. Okay, good. Then that wasn't a lucky guess. I, I don't know your area. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I grew up in York, Pennsylvania. So I'm from Pennsylvania. I am from. I'm from York. But We had Amish. We had all kinds of different people around there. But I'm telling you that with being brought up where you heard that St. Saint, Saint John, St. Saint Luke, St. Matthew, St. Mark, the picture of that in your mind is that when somebody graduates and gets to heaven, they now have earned the label of saint. Are you with me? And it's almost blasphemy in your own mind to hear that God could call you that now. There's this weird, false humility that says, I am not a saint, I am a sinner. That is not what the Bible teaches. (sighs) Got a lot of work to do today. (laughs) Because this this is common, this is basic Christianity 101, but if I didn't see this, I couldn't live. I I couldn't. Because see, I I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up with, with, I didn't grow up with anybody around me that was Christian. I didn't grow up with, Christian parents. I didn't grow up with Christian grandparents that were on fire for Jesus. I mean, the only relative that I have in my history that was actually a Christian, he was a Puritan, and he was from England, and his name was Oliver Cromwell. He caused a ruckus. There is a statue of him at Westminster Abbey with a Bible and a sword, and I get that. Because that's what I feel like. I feel like the word of God is a sword, but I also have a sword too. Why? Because I need to chop the heads off of devils every day of my life. I will never go to bed. I will never go to bed with no blood on my sword. (laughs) I am finished living in a place of fear. See, because when you see what God called you to be, he's called you to be a saint. A saint means holy one, set apart by God. That's the definition of it. So God calls you a holy one. People are like, well, I don't feel holy. Hey buddy, what'd you do to your wrist? Skating, basketball, baseball, did you break it? Huh, Is it hurting? No, why you got that on then? <laughs> sorry, mom, dad, sorry. So what's it feel like? Can you move it all around? That ain't all around. Do you have any kind of problems moving it? Come here, dude. I can't hear you. Sorry. What did you say? Okay. want I pray for it? Come on, bro. You want to play basketball? Yeah. You're, you're over it. You just want to play baseball and basketball. I don't blame you. All right. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, God, for a brand new thumb right now. Jesus, you love this young man so much. Father, I thank you. Thumb be healed. All swelling get out now. Bone, you be healed. In Jesus' name, absolutely no more. but I thank you that you'd lose the wrist, that you touch everything in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. The pop. Do you ever take that off? Check it out. Sorry, mom. Move it around. What do you feel? Is there any pain? Feel any swelling? Do it one more time. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. of you be healed right now, because he needs to play baseball. Jesus name. He needs to play sports. He needs to bring the gospel into the games. Jesus' name right now be healed. Move it around again. What's going on? Why are you shaking? Why are you scared? Uh Huh? He said, I'm scared because you just healed my thumb. (laughs) I got good news for you. You don't got to be scared because I didn't heal it. Jesus did. He loves you so much, bro. Your mom and daddy are trying to tell you that. And you want to believe that. Life is speaking loud to you. Jesus just wants your whole heart, buddy. Would you give him that? Would you give Jesus everything you are? God wants to take anger away from you. He wants to take it away. Would you let him have it? Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Jesus' name. No more. Does that feel? Good. Hey I love you. Really check your hand. Come on, Check it out. Make your wrist. Does that feel like? Make a fist. Does that feel like? Any pain? Any pressure? Any at all. Father, thank you in Jesus' name that you take the stiffness out right now. Spirit of infirmity, I command you let him go. In Jesus' name. Get out. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I feel like. Good? Can you do a push up? All right, all right, all right. How's it feel? Hey man. Love you. Hey, Dad, you're doing a great job. You've been through hell on earth. You've been through so much. And I'm telling you right now that you're doing a good job. I'm so serious. I know that's why you're doing a good job. (laughs) Because you would say that without him, because you've proved that without him, you can't do it. But now he's with you. Amen? Super excited. I really see this right here. What's your son's name? Joel, it's amazing. Jovi, Joel, amen, okay. I really see this amazing relationship between you and your kids getting so profusely incredible that it's absolutely gonna be a game changer. I'm not kidding, I'm telling you that today is a crucial point in the relationship between a father and his kids in such an increasing way that these kids are going to be transformed. The heart of a father is being transformed in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for that grace. I don't want to dive in any deeper, but I'm telling you, he loves you. Jovi, he loves you. Amen. Joel, he loves you. Amen. Okay, I'm going to be done with that. We could stay there for a while. And I could tell you how good and how amazing and how awesome and how, yeah, that's enough right now. Let that cook in there. Okay. Gosh. Jesus, help me. Help me, help me, help me. I've got kids that are hurting. What is that? What's going on with her? What is that? What is it called? Functional neurological disorder. Where's Blake at? It's all all psychological. It's her brain is tricking her. Like, it's like, it looks like she's making it up, but it's her brain doing it. And she's not doing something. Okay. It's like called conversion disorder. Okay. Can she sit somewhere? Like, are you guys sitting somewhere? Uh, Oh, you just came up front? Okay. All right. Can you? Yeah. That's all right, they're gonna sit here. It's okay, buddy. All right. Okay. Sorry guys. I know, but I'm just saying. Amen. Uh, Joel Come here. Come here, Joel. Come here, buddy. Joby. Come on. All right. We're gonna pray for her. Amen? Hey. Okay. What's your name, bud? Taylor? Taylor, do you know that Jesus loves you? Mm. Mm. Well, I do too. And I don't even know you. But I got three daughters. 26, 16, and 12. How old are you? Gym class? That's not okay. Okay, let's just pray. yeah. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this amazing young lady. Satan, I command you to lose your grip on her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every bit of this neurological system being healed right now. In Jesus' name, I bind every bit of this demonic oppression from trying to hold this young lady. Taylor, you be healed. Neurological system, you be healed. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for brand new, brand new, brand new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name but I thank you for every cell of her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet being healed right now. Brain, you be healed. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Every bit of the side effects of concussion. In the name of Jesus, you be healed. You be made whole. God, thank you for your great love for Taylor. In Jesus' name. Taylor, you be healed. In Jesus' name, you be healed right now. Jesus' name, you walk, you be healed, body you be made whole, brain you be healed. In Jesus' name, I break the power of this by the anointing of God. In Jesus' name, I break the power of this. In Jesus' name, because of what Jesus Christ did, we break this power in Jesus' name. We speak life to your mind, will, and emotions. I speak life to your speech in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Taylor, you be healed right now. Jesus name. Yeah. Yep. Father I thank you in the name of Jesus God I thank you for Taylor God stretch your hands towards her There is power in the name of Jesus In Jesus name Jesus' name, Father, thank you, complete wholeness in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you, in Jesus' name, say Jesus. Jesus Say the number one Jesus I break this thing Command it to let you go Jesus name Say the number one Jesus Say the name of Jesus Say Jesus You are number one. Yeah, Jesus, say this with me. Jesus, you are number one. Nope, no. Jesus, you are number one. Nope, nope. That's not how we're going to do it. Because Jesus is number one and the devil knows that. He knows that. Jesus is number one, always number one. He never settles for number two. So Jesus, you are number one. Come on, number one. Nope, Jesus, you are number one. Nope, nope, Taylor, we're not doing this. Jesus, you are number one nope not doing it Taylor who's number one who's number one who's number one Jesus is number one right is he number one Jesus is who's number one Jesus Father thank you for Taylor in the name of Jesus I thank you for complete wholeness and healing in this body in the mighty name of Jesus made whole you be free in Jesus name amen I'm gonna have you and her go with Blake and I'm gonna have him pray over you guys he's my assistant all right is that okay all right amen that is not staying here I'm I'm so not good I don't know about y'all but I'm tired of the devil getting away with what he does I'm so done See I've seen too much, see, when they told Peter and John, now Peter's the one that denied Jesus, you know, he's the one. And then Peter sees the guy at the Gate Beautiful, Peter and John, they walk by the Gate Beautiful and the guy at the Gate of Beautiful is expecting to receive money, because he's out there to beg, he's legal allowed to beg. He's looking to receive alms. And Peter says, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand to your feet and walk. They took him by the hand, and the man jumped up, was jumping, leaping, and praising God. Legit. A bona fide miracle. They get brought, because this guy is going crazy because he's healed. And they're like, oh my gosh, this guy is healed. And they're looking at Peter and John like, you guys are amazing. And Peter and John goes, men and brethren, why do you look at us like we did something? It was the name of the holy servant, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. Like they didn't make it really nice. They were like, you killed him. My gosh. They get brought in front of the Sanhedrin, these guys. They're in front of the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin says this. They says, you will no longer speak in this man's name. Peter who denied Jesus before the Holy Ghost came, before the Holy Spirit came upon Peter. Before that, he denied Jesus. Before that, Peter got himself in a lot of trouble with his mouth. Are you with me? I mean, Peter is called the devil by Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Are you with me? Do you guys remember when, when Peter, this is Peter. This is the guy that a lot of people say they can relate to. Well, my question is which one? Do you relate to the Peter that wasn't born again or do you relate to the Peter that is born again? Do you relate to the one before he got the Holy Spirit or after the Holy Spirit? Because if you can relate to the Peter before the Holy Spirit, you need born again. Okay. Peter was an orphan that didn't know who he was. Peter was making mistakes consistently because his mind was full of thinking like a person. We are cultivated and raised by the world. We are actually cultivated by the God of this world. I don't care if you grow up in church. You can grow up in church your whole life. This truth in this word, this Bible, is the truth about who we are, is the truth about who God says we are, is the truth about who God is. And if we don't get in here, we have no idea who we are no idea and if you're taught this legalistically you still have no idea who you are see i can't afford to go to church just to hear from the pastor but not have a personal relationship with god where i am being led by the shepherd i have to hear his voice or the stranger sounds normal you are created to hear god's voice jesus said my sheep will hear and obey my voice and as strangers they will not follow. Here, understand this, these disciples are walking with Jesus who said, my sheep will hear and obey my voice and as strangers they will not follow. They did not have the ability to not follow a stranger's voice even when Jesus was walking with them. Jesus is walking with these guys. Imagine living with Jesus. Like, life is absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. Everybody's getting healed everywhere you go. Demons are screaming out, what have we to do with you? Storms are being calmed. Bread is being multiplied. Fish is being multiplied. They end up with like 12 more baskets than they started with. And life is absolutely the extreme. You're walking with that Jesus. And he's telling you, this is the way we're going to do it. And they're still thinking the other way. They're saying, like, who's going to be first? I'm going to be first. Jesus, who's going to be first? He who wants to be first needs to be last. So Peter runs to the back of the line and said, okay, now I'm first. Like, this is the story of these disciples. These guys are orphans. They weren't professional engineers. They weren't amazing, brilliant people that worked at Nassau. They were not the top educated guys in the universe. They were not those. Jesus picked lowly fishermen without an education. <laughs> he picked people without any education, without any understanding, without any real knowledge. He picked those guys. Like, come on, Jesus. Like, really? Like, you could have picked princes, but you picked paupers. Are you with me? He picked paupers. Why? Because he wanted to show the world what he could do through people that had nothing in the world. See, the deal is is with Jesus, he's walking with these disciples, and he's telling them this is the way it's going to be. And none of them could live that way. None of them could walk that way. And they're constantly banging their head against the wall. Boom, 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 boom. We think it was just Peter, but none of them did. Like, it's real. We think Peter's the only one that ran. They all scattered. Are you with me? When Jesus was taken, they all ran. All of them. One of them ran without his clothes. It did. It said that he ran and his clothes were back there. They were so afraid. They were gone. Man, Jesus is walking with these guys. He has, Jesus picked Judas. And he knew he was going to betray him. Because that's what love does. This gospel is a little deeper than we've made it. It's absolutely extraordinary. It's absolutely life-giving. It is the most amazing message on the planet. There's none like it. So Jesus is walking with these guys, and, and Peter's getting his foot in his mouth. And, and when Jesus asked him at Caesarea Philippi, he goes, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say this, and some say that, and some say a lot of things. Actually, Lord, everybody's saying different things about you. Some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Yeah, but who do you say I am? I'm walking with you guys. Like... Who do you say I am? And Peter gets this bright idea that's not his. The bright idea is, you're the Christ. And Jesus goes, whoa, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. In other words, no one could have told you that. No one could have told you that, and it makes sense. Only the Father could tell you that I'm the Christ. And I'm going to tell you this, upon this revelation, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. What is the revelation? The revelation of Jesus Christ. So upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what he says. And then a couple of scriptures later, Jesus is like, I'm going to be taken out. I'm going to be delivered up into the hands of sinners. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to die. Peter's like, no, this will never happen to you. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. That's a heavy blow. I don't, know if I don't know if you've ever registered that before, but you're walking with Jesus and you get a bright idea and you get praised for it. Oh my gosh, that's God, Peter. Great job. Then your next idea isn't bright like the last idea. Your next idea didn't come from the father. It came from the demonic realm. He says, get behind me, Satan. Satan for your mind is full of the things of man and not the things of God. What does that mean? That means that anytime you get the bright idea, which is not a bright idea, it's a dark idea, to say, hey, back off, I'm only human. What you're saying is, chill out, I'm only demonic. (laughs) God said, God said, because Jesus said, because whatever God said, Jesus said, because Jesus never said anything unless the father was saying it. Jesus never did anything unless the father was doing it. Jesus said to Peter, when Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of God, blessed are you Simon. And I tell you upon this rock. And sometimes we think because Simon means rock, maybe that's what he was saying. That's not what he was saying. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is the rock? The rock is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So now we have this rock that is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God's going to build the church on. The church is founded on the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, I'm going to be crucified. And Simon says, this will never happen to you. But the reality of it is, is that Simon wanted to hold on to what he had, not realizing that Jesus said, Guys, it's going to be better for you that I go, because if I don't go, he won't come. If I don't go, he won't come. It's going to be better for you. Don't worry, I won't leave you as orphans. I will send another. The word another is Parakletos, Just like, just as. So Jesus was saying, the presence of me that's hanging with you is going to be far surpassed by the presence of me that's going to come and dwell inside of you. Why? Because these guys had no ability to live outside of the way that seems right to a man because human wisdom was the dominating force of the planet before godly wisdom was available. That went over. The grace of God empowers the truth of God to happen. But the truth of God is only empowered by the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the That's amazing right there. If we would see that, that means that your biological dad, whether he did a great job or a bad job, doesn't matter anymore. But because you are born again, you are re-fathered and have a brand new father. No one comes to the Father except by me, how much of a fight is it on the planet against fathers today? How much of a nasty battle is it against fathers today to try to twist that, to try to break that? Don't you think the devil is after the reality of what a father looks like? (laughs) No one comes to the father except by me. To be born again means to be re-fathered. Yet, we say yes to Jesus, we incorporate him in for what we can get from him, but we don't surrender so that we can be who he created us to be. If I only incorporate him in for what he can do for me, I'll never see why I'm here. This is not about incorporation, it's about surrender. It is all or none. It is gather or scatter. It is for or against. There is no in between here. You can't afford to straddle some fence. And there was this atheist that had this dream, and in the dream, he went to sleep. It's a real dream. He went to sleep, and on the one side of the fence, he had what he thought would probably be the devil. Although the devil doesn't have pointy ears and a pitchfork like everybody paints him out to be. Oh no. He disguises himself as an angel of light. He doesn't look like that. He doesn't have pointy ears and a pitchfork walking around evil looking. No, he is very lust oriented. He tries to appeal to your senses. He tries to appeal to your emotions. He wants the reality of the way that seems right to a man to be the only way that's right. And the way that's right to a man is full of evil. This is really, really important. It says that the wisdom of this world is sensual and demonic. It's full of self-seeking and envy, and every evil thing is there. It doesn't say some evil. It doesn't say a little evil. It doesn't say kind of evil. He said every evil thing is there. So that means that every evil thing is found in the way that seems right to a man. That means where selfish ambition is, there's every evil thing. That means that, are you guys hearing me still? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are being attacked on a consistent basis by familiar spirits and by this demonic realm that is constantly trying to torment you so that you can never see and understand the price that Jesus paid. The price that Jesus paid is in direct proportion to the value of what he paid for. See, Jesus didn't just die because you were a sinner. I mean, that's part of it, but sin was the issue, but something underneath of that sin was of great value. So heaven went bankrupt to redeem you because you are that valuable to the Father that he placed the value of your life in equal proportion to the life of his son. So the price that heaven paid is the real determination of your value, which disables you from ever thinking you're worthless. To say you're worthless is to say the blood of Jesus wasn't worth it. We would never say that. But the enemy constantly strategically bombards you between your ears and in your eyes, your eye gate and your ear gate constantly pounding you with everything that he can to get your eyes off of truth so that the truth can never set you free. I promise. I mean, how many times do we turn to the news instead of reading the good news? How many times do I watch CNN? When's the last time you watched CNN and walked away? Oh my gosh, I feel so... Encouraged right now. I, I feel so full and fed right now. No, you you feel more scared than you did before you watched it. Why? Because it's there to produce fear. This world is constantly filled with fear and terror. The devil is a terrorist. He is a terrorist. What's he and he's He's a terrorist in disguise. Because we think it's normal, but it's terrorism. Terrorists try to produce as much fear as they can to control a subject. Whatever kind of fear they can produce, the more fear they can produce, the more panic that they can put inside of the subject, the more immobilized the subject becomes the more prey they are. That's what a terrorist does. That's what terrorists do. Twin towers are hit. What was it designed to do? Terrorize, terrorize, fear, produce great fear. Oh my gosh, what's next? What was COVID? Terrorist. I'm not talking about China. I'm talking about The spirit of fear that came on this earth. The spirit of offense that came on this earth. Did you see how panicked and how freaked out everyone in the world was? It was a spirit of fear. It was absolutely, the fear of all this was way worse than the reality of the effect of this. Now, I'm not making light of loss. I mean, we lost people. It it happened. It's happened. But it was terrorism. And I'm not biological warfare. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the enemy right now. Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. So if you would think of your life and all these different things that you bring into your life, where you, where you see fear, where you see terror, where you see accusation, where you see guilt, where you see shame, where you see condemnation, it is all demonic activity. But because we grow up in the world, it's like like the frog that is put in water, and they turn the heat up slow, and the frog doesn't even know it, and sooner or later, he's boiling. Why? Because he couldn't feel the gradual temperature change. And that's where we all sit in a slow boil of a pot, boiling just like that frog, not even sensing what's going on and it just keeps increasing, keeps increasing. And then when you really believe, you're a heretic. I promise, Oh, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. So this book is all about heresy, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. But I'm telling you right now that the Bible says, that when you hunger and thirst for what God created you to hunger and thirst for, you shall be filled. And God said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And righteousness is the answer to end terrorism in your own soul. I can't share my testimony in five minutes. There's no way. Look, just admit that, you understand, I'm in faith right now. There's no way for me to do it. 22 years of addiction and anger and atheism and hatred. Grew up in a children's home. Grew up, the Masons raised me. Started drugs at 12. Joined the military. After that, boot camp, went to Paris Island. Tried to be a Marine. Ran away. Got extradited. Twice, ran away twice. In the brig, a whole bunch. Felony after felony after felony misdemeanors after I got kicked out of the Marines. Had no education, did, couldn't read a book, never read a book until I was 34 years old. Kind of crazy. With my girl for nine years, threatened to kill her for seven out of my seven-and-a-half-year-old daughter's life. Literally, I was going to kill her if she left, and I was going to kill myself. I thought about it every day. So when I see a shooting like that, I don't say, I can't believe this. I say, Yeah because that's where I was. But then almost 19 years ago, I ripped off a dealer. Now when I say I can't share my testimony, there's a million details inside of here that I can't share, really. Because there's something that really happened to take that guy, who I was, and make it into the man of God that he created me to be. And I put it all inside of here. It's the only book I've ever wrote where I really didn't write it. I spoke it and then they put it down. Because I can't type to save my life. It would take me 10 years to write a book if I had to do it like that. Lock me in a room and I'd just be quiet and be with Jesus and read my Bible. I wouldn't be able to type you. I just love God with all my heart. But I have lived for 19 years with no guilt, no shame and no condemnation. I have lived completely obsessed with Jesus Christ being my Lord and King. I have. I have. I threatened that girl for all those years. And then when I went, when, I, when I, 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 was out one night and came home suicidal, I was, she left, I was gonna go blow my brains out. And instead of blowing my brains out, I went to this church and met this happy guy. He's coming here in July, his name's Dan Muller. I met him and I told him, Rah, and he said, hey buddy. And I'm like, oh my God, frustrated. He told me who I was, and I'm like, oh my God, give me a break. And I kind of incorporated Jesus in, I didn't surrender. And so for the next five and a half months, I had this whole Jesus, but I had no idea who he was. All I did was use him to try to get my girlfriend to come back, and she did come back. But now I really ruined it. So for five and a half months, I went out there, and I was doing more drugs than I ever did before. I was going to church. Jesus! And people were looking at me like, ooh, my boy got a gift? I'm glad they didn't pick me, because I was a hypocrite and a liar and a thief in the church. So five and a half months later, I went out and ripped off the wrong drug dealer, and he unloaded a nine millimeter at me from 10 feet away. And when the bullets of the gun came out, I heard a voice say, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? I had no grid for God except Dan. Like I didn't know how to get what he had because what he had was absolutely crazy. So I went home that night after I got shot at. None of the bullets hit my car from 10 feet away. Not one mark in my car, 10 feet. It was in York, Pennsylvania. I went away to Team Challenge Rehab. I was in this rehab for two months and the Bible became the first book I could read in my whole life. At 34, the Bible opened up to me. It was a whole new world everything changed. My whole, everything changed. Like I mean my, all my mindset, everything changed. God took away my sin. He took away my twistedness. He took away my pornography. He took away my drug addiction. He took away my alcoholism. He took away my hatred. He took away my bitterness. Took away my wrath. He took away my malice. He took away my selfishness. He took away my Mind. Mind. Mine. We're all born with that. You don't have to teach kids that, by the way. You don't have to get a book for your three-year-old that says mine. <laughs> Here, kids, first thing. Well, this is the ABCs. Mine. No, they don't have to learn mine. They don't have to learn selfishness. You don't have to teach somebody anger. You don't have to teach somebody hatred. You don't have to teach somebody jealousy. Just, just put one toy in the middle of two three-year-olds and find out. You don't have to be trained with that. You don't have to learn about that because you're born with that. You are born with it. You don't have to teach somebody to be a skeptic. By the way, skepticism is not a gift you got from God. Skepticism is a gift you got from the first Adam. Well, you don't understand, this is how God made me. No, no, no. God made you in his image, but you were cultivated by darkness. People don't like that, especially the skeptics. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> What's, do you think God gave you the gift of doubt? Does that make sense to you? No, you've been trained that way. You have been trained to not trust. You've been trained to, to have doubts. You've been trained to question. Like there are people in here that are still questioning me because of my hair. And it's okay, because I'm free from you. I am I'll love you even if you can't stand me I promise because you're not my potter you're not my lord you're not my savior you're not a person that I'm going to conform myself to because I am not to be conformed to this world but I'm to be transformed by the renewing of this so that I can prove and approve what God's will is. But first, I have to offer myself as a living sacrifice. I have to give myself to him. So I went and got shot at, went to Team Challenge. God revealed himself to me. Two months later, I have three nights where I have encounters with Jesus, and he tells me to go home. Now, I'm 10 months early. It's not looking good for the home team because I quit everything in my life. But Dan came up and picked me up and told me all the reasons why I was gonna make it. And I'm like, man. I'm so excited because I see I didn't see but now I see see the Bible says that we were lost and now we're found we were blind and now we see we were dead and now we're live there's no in-between that atheist that had that dream he saw the devil with all these people on this side not that this side is the devil because I have to have a middle where I can use a fence okay all right, And the fence has to go in the middle so right here's the fence And on this side of the fence, in the dream, the man saw what he thought was the devil, but he didn't look, like I said, horns in a pitchfork. It just looked like somebody that was attractive, but he could tell that it wasn't Jesus, the Jesus that he learned about when he was in like Sunday school. But on the other side of the fence, there was Jesus, the one that he knew had to be Jesus because he was full of joy and all these people with him. So the devil has all these people with him. Jesus has all these people with him. This is a real dream from a real atheist. And all of a sudden, all the people with the devil disappear, and all the people with Jesus disappear. And this man was left in the dream, couldn't make a decision, because he wasn't going to choose him. And he's not so sure he could choose him. So he's on this fence in the middle, all alone. And all of a sudden, the devil comes back into the picture, and he goes, there you are. I was looking for you. And the man says, hey, I didn't choose him, and I definitely didn't choose you. He says, sure you did. The fence is mine. Real dream, real atheist, he woke up born again. That's a big deal. I'm over time. I want to tell you that this book has led more atheists to Jesus, more prodigal kids, brought more prodigal kids home. It has really saved so many many people, and it doesn't look like a a Christian novel. It looks like some wild person with dreads with a very colorful background. What is that guy's story? Who here has a prodigal child that they're waiting to come home? You're waiting? Yeah, come on, Jesus. Now you're waiting for one to come home? You are? Okay, what's his name? What is it? Tristan. Father, we call Tristan in, in the mighty name of Jesus right now. God, I thank you that you touch his heart today, and give this mama hope in Jesus' name. Because when you adopted him, you said, I'm raising this one. I'm going to snatch this one out of trouble. And I'm going to raise him with Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for the return of Tristan in Jesus' name to the hope of your calling, God. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. My book is out there on the book table. Let me pray for you guys real quick. Uh, do I have time to pray real quick? You sure? You guys aren't going to tell me no. Not, <laughs> gosh, how am I going to get no from that right there? <laughs> Because you got to get people out and people in. I know that. I understand. I am not good. When I first started preaching, we only had one service. Whether there was three or one. It was only one. Just, just <laughs> fill in the gaps. Just come on in. Then people would come in, see me on the stage, and walk out anyway. But, oh my God, what's, there? what's going on right now? Or I'd be sitting in the back before service and people would be praying for me to get saved. Then i get the microphone and they're like. It was so fun. Jesus is so fun. He is. So Dan was picking me up and when I got to my house, because I needed to tell my daughter how sorry I was, when I got there, my daughter came running across the porch, you know, she's seven and a half. Daddy, you're home, and I had to tell her how I couldn't stay there and how much I loved her and how thankful I am for her. And she's like, Daddy, I'm so glad you're home. And I, baby, Daddy can't stay here. And, and that's the reality of what I make, you make you know, you make your bed, you lie in it. And that is the life that I created. I threatened her, all my family, Oh, everybody, I burned, I, burned every, I burned it not just down, I burned everything to the ground. That's what addicts do. I burned it all down, down. So my girlfriend came out of the house and I told her how sorry I was and she said, I know when you went away I gave my life to Jesus. This girl that I harassed and told her I'd kill. She looked at me and I told her, there's no way I can live here. You don't understand. I, what is happening? Dan had been discipling my daughter and my girl when I was gone. And we got married four days later. In between, in between first and second service at a church I lived as a hypocrite in front of for five and a half months before. So everybody at the church knew my game, they're like, there he is again, oh my gosh. Any left team challenge 10 months early, oh boy, gee. Everybody was against me, but I had one that was for me. And it actually. And it's the fullness of the Godhead, <laughs> they were all for me, whether the world was against me. So well, we got married, you know, and right now, we've been married, this year will be 19 years. Our oldest daughter, that seven and a half year old kid is now 26. She's married for three years and she's just given us our first granddaughter, she'll be a year this weekend coming up. We have another 16 year old daughter. Then we have another 12 year old daughter then we adopted too we have one little boy that we adopted that was born addicted to heroin six years ago he came out of his mama 24 hours he's manifesting heroin addiction because she's shooting up and he's addicted too because mom's using now mom doesn't know any better i didn't know any better i had no idea so sure enough we went to rehab with him we had to go to rehab with him for three weeks. He ought to be on methadone. He's taking methadone every four hours, then every six hours, then every eight hours, then every 12 hours. And he has to score to get out of there. And I'm praying over babies in there because we adopted from a place called Hunting, or Huntington, West Virginia. And Cabell Huntington is the hospital. And they've done ABC News reports. America did a report on them. And you see babies in there shaking. That's the hospital. 40% of all kids born there are born addicted to heroin, four out of ten babies. And then because the mom gets clean and then she gets put on methadone and the babies still come out addicted because methadone is more addictive than heroin. So now you've got a real dilemma. So we adopted him and he's six, he's going to be seven in July and his brain is 100%. He's going to be seven in June, I'm sorry, he's going to be seven in June. His brain is 100% healed. He's got a photographic memory. He's a genius. Every Bible story he memorizes. I'm like, oh my gosh, kid, tell daddy, what is that? Oh, it blows me away. I'm like, oh. he'll go, well, then Jonah. I'm like, ooh, tell me again. I'm, I love it so much. He loves Jesus. And then Asher, that, that one's name is Azariah. And then Asher is our three-year-old. He was born to a mom that was in a bad situation And instead of aborting, she held him, because we committed to taking him when he was born. And he's three years old right now. Pretty amazing. Could you guys stand to your feet, I'm going to pray for you and then release you, all right. I didn't I opened this up and preached my heart, but didn't even read it to you. I hope you understand that the word is laced in what I speak, I promise. You don't want what I used to bring. But you can't have it because that guy's dead. I promise. If you're in in the room and you need healing in your physical body, I just want you to put your hand up, please. All right. Everybody around, keep your hand up. Everybody around the hand. I want you to put, someone put their hand on their shoulder. We're just going to do some body ministry. That means we're the body of Christ and we're going to minister to each other. Amen? All right. If there's people out there with, with their hand up and no one on, if, if people have their hand on you, put your hand down. If no one has their hand on you, keep your hand up. There's still hands. Look around, guys. I need your help. Please. Jesus. I love it when I see kids active in this. Fascinates me. Can you help us pray? Are you good? You with your hands in your pockets? Will you help us pray for people? If not, I was gonna get you born again, bro, because I, because he loves you. Come on, guys. All right, so Father, I just want you to say this with me. What we're going to do is we're going to work our way down from our head to our toes. We're just going to hit everything in between. We're just going to call it out, all right? I want you to say this with me. Now, all of this is in the name of Jesus. We're just going to call out body parts, okay? Say this, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. we speak to the head head. and command it to be healed. healed. Ears be be healed. Eyes be healed. Neck be healed nerves be healed, shoulder be healed, back be healed, spine be healed, every disc be healed, hips be healed, knees be healed, ankles be healed, toes be healed, fingers be healed, Arthritis, get out. Lungs, be healed. Heart, be healed. Kidneys, be healed. Liver, be healed. Digestive system, be healed. Cancer, get out. Every disease, get out. Every disease, get out. Blood be healed. Blood be healed. Migraine headaches, get out. Migraine headaches get, out. ADHD get out. ADHD, get out. Depression, get out. Depression get out. Fear, leave. Deafness Deafness. be healed. healed. Blood Blood. be healed healed. In in Jesus' name. Every other cell of every sickness and disease, disease. be healed, healed. right now, now. In in Jesus' name. I want everybody in this place to check your body physically of anything and everything that you can right now. If it's your shoulder, move it around. If it's your back, bend over. If it's your knees, squat down. I need you to physically check right now, physically check. Was your neck move your neck around really check guys I really want you to move around come on there was a lot of people that raised their hands take a deep breath check your lungs if you can tell that there's change in your physical body I want you to wave your hands in the air right now wave your hands then wait hold on if you know there's something physical that changed in your body, I want you to wave your hands like this right now. Do it one more time. I want everybody to look around. Wave your hands if, you, if healings happen. Can you give Jesus a big shout right now, please? Put your hands on your heart. Father, I thank you for everyone in here, God. I'm asking you to bless them and overwhelm them. Father, thank you that my book brings people to Jesus. I thank you for the reality of your kingdom. God, thank you in Jesus' name. God, I ask you to bless everyone in here. Let your face shine upon them. Let them be changed forever, God. Let them see their value and how much you love them and care for them. God, I thank you that everyone in here would work with the Lord in the transformation of the way that you think and the way that you see. God, I ask you to jealously guard their hearts, guard their minds, and guard Guard their ears. Guard their eyes. Protect them from being desensitized in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you for a sensitivity of the things of the Spirit to everyone in here, that we would be very tender and in love with Jesus. God, we worship you, give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have you been blessed today? Have you been blessed today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, we're going to dismiss here. Please pick up your children ASAP. We've received report. The three teachers are already duct taped to the wall. Okay. Let's give a shout of victory on three. Here we go. One, two, three. Hallelujah! God bless you, church. Have a wonderful, wonderful day in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed. Be a blessing.